Hello, everyone. This is Ted Rawl coming at you from the left. You are listening to the DMZ podcast on Wednesday, September 15th, 2021. And I'm here with Scott Stannis from the right. Two of America's political cartoonists. I was going to say best ones, but I hate it when people say that. And that's purely fucking subjective. So, uh, but two of America's political cartoonists, um, best friends, but uh, not in politics. And so, politics. No, so no, no. Are... and I like the fact, Ted, that you just right out of the shoot got us our explicit rating reconfirmed from ice. <laughs> Well, you know, they 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 fucking fuck fuck said that they were going to make us explicit. So I'm fucking think it's going to fucking be like that from now on. Fucking a. All right. Fuck it. Okay. So speaking of fucking it, uh, we are talking about vax mandates today. Um, The Biden administration uh, last week announced to great fanfare that uh, they are requiring all businesses with 100 or more employees to have all of their uh, employees. I believe that the requirement is that they either be tested weekly or fully vaccinated, if I'm not mistaken. That is absolutely right. And so, uh, you know, this is a story with uh, we've talked about a little bit before, but I think it's it has widespread implications. People are, are go- people are going to keep talking about it. And obviously the vax mandates uh, as we you know go into the school year and everything. I mean, this is just going to become a bigger and bigger issue down where you live. I just heard on NPR this morning in Alabama that there are literally zero uh, ER hospital beds available in the entire state due oh, to no, uh, the latest COVID surge. That's inaccurate, Ted. We actually have negative numbers. We have negative. Last I heard, it was negative 27. I'd have to look it up. But as of yesterday, it was negative 27 ICU beds. Watch both ways before you cross the street. Yeah, seriously. Um, uh, my mother-in-law actually went to the hospital recently. She has heart issues. So she was had a bit of a flare-up. So we, my wife took her to the ER and uh, she got a room, amazingly. That's good. But she got the last one. They were literally parking people in the hallway. You know, well, welcome to life in New York City pre-COVID. That's, uh, you know, there's there's never really been uh, decent access to hospital care in this country. Uh, sorry, in this city, uh, as long as I can remember. So really? Yeah, no, there's always people in the hall. It's there's I mean, it's it sucks really. Um, you know, if you've been shot. Probably there's no better place than New York City to be treated in a hospital. They have the best trauma units. They really know what they're doing. But, you know, if you go in with some mystery illness, like I had a friend who had turned out to have flesh eating bacteria, oh, uh, they, they advised him to uh, to take a Benadryl uh, and go home. And <laughs> he would he, he he would have been dead. He was almost dead less than 24 hours later. So good thing he best had a medical other system in the world and so cheap. <laughs> So well, I got I got to jump in, Ted. Uh, I, I'm sorry, we disagree. And that's the whole point. But I respectfully disagree. And I have to represent as the cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune. If you want to get shot, you go to Chicago. If you want well, to be to get shot, for being shot. <laughs> yes, to get shot, you go to Chicago. Damn it. Well, you we know, and then best. and then, of course, the vax mandate might re, you might have to face a, a vax mandate for your flight to New York to be treated from Chicago after you've been shot. Well, now, here's the thing. OK, and this is I mean, people. I think on the face of it are going to say, why in the world would Scott object to this? Well, I mean, you know, it's just common sense. It's just trying to trying to fight back against a virulent virus. Why and you are you be- vaccinated. Let's not forget that. Enthusiastically. Really- so oh, enthusiastically. In fact, uh, I had COVID uh, a year ago 
Did you know that it was a year ago uh, this week, Ted? I remember I was, it very vividly. When I was really dying, I was, I was, I mean, I was, I was scared to death that I was going to lose you. Really? Yeah. Uh, no one told me. That's interesting. My friends and family, no one said, Scott. You know, there's a real chance that this could be the end. Is there anything you want to say or do? No one said that. No, because we're trying to keep your spirits up. But you also. So knew my that. last words could have been. I don't. I I like cheese. Well, yeah, I mean, that's not as good <laughs> yeah. as. That would not be quite up to the standards of Grover Cleveland's last words, which you're the only person who might know. Um, (laughs) I have tried. I have I have done my best to do what's right. Including marrying his his 21 year old ward. Well, maybe that was, you know, that's the trying part. (laughs) He was 56 or 58, so nothing gross or weird about any of that. Yeah. Anyway, so so COVID. So, okay. (laughs) Welcome to the Attention Deficit <laughs> Podcast. I'm look. Oh my God, the trees are moving. Highly um, focused. Yeah, <laughs> but seriously, I yes. So you know, stop. You know, add this. I am vaccinated twice. The second, I had long haul symptoms like crazy. The second vaccine cleared those up. I, as Ted th- said, I'm enthusiastically vaccinated. Anyone who doesn't get vaccinated is an idiot and really should be. Unless sent. they, unless they have a medical reason not to. Well, of course, of course. But I'm just saying that if you're just, so all that being said, however, in the United States of America, we have a constitution that allows you to be stupid. And one of the number, I'd say inarguably the, um, how am I, how am I, God, I'm having a COVID moment now. <laughs> um, one of the most sacrosanct freedoms we have is um, I'm trying to, I'm looking at my notes here and it was just this wonderful line. Um, and that's the sanctity, your body's sanctity uh, that you have a right to do with it, what you will. That's the only thing you have in this world that you're guaranteed that you own is you and your body. Unless in a, and I'm not really kidding here, unless you join enlist in the U S military, in which case you do sign away your rights to your body. And I don't just mean they can send you to be killed. I mean, like they can inject you with whatever the fuck they want. And they have a long history of doing that. Well, and don't forget that's a great picture from, I think it was life magazine uh, guys who were drafted and they're being this guy standing there with this uh, really amazingly blase look on his face. And he's getting injected in both arms at the same time. <laughs> but yeah, they call it uh, my libertarian friends have coined the phrase bodily autonomy. And I think that there's, and that's true for me, there's always this argument about the balance between security and civil, civil liberties during the, um, following the attacks of nine 11, we had this discussion a lot and I came out, boy, did we fuck up? Oh my God. Oh my God. You know, I've mentioned this before. It bears repeating, uh, FBI asks for right on the heels of nine 11. Can we have special uh, dispensation to have you know unwarranted wiretaps and they said yes but just a limited number and a, a very limited number i think the number what well was you know a billion is a limited number well it was like a hundred it was and within within two weeks two weeks ted ten thousand on um you know uh, wiretaps that were not you know without, well, that's uh, that's government so, so so scott the thing is that you know um what do you say to people who say look um, the, you, we've been living under vax mandates for a long time. For example, our kids and probably ourselves when we were kids were required to have a whole battery of vaccines in order to register for public school and many private schools, right? Uh, the MMR, 
um, you know, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there, so, you know, I mean, that's a VAX mandate for children. Um, what's the difference here? I mean, you know, these, it, it, you know, mumps isn't even really a thing anymore. Well, because of the MMR vaccine. But, well, there, but there are, but there are people who, who opted out of it. Uh, a number of people. Um, yeah. Well, we had enough, we had enough people who still did it that we right. had, we have herd immunity. So we didn't it have doesn't the matter. We didn't have the internet to, you know, get to organize people to the degree it has today. Uh, I mean, that this is some kind of, some kind of weird assault on your civil liberties and the, the weird rumors that uh, Bill Gates is injecting his chip into you and all the other bullshit that we were hearing. Right. So, yeah, I mean, there were people for particularly for religious purposes. If I but what's the difference? Right. I mean, what's the difference here between this because, and that? Because the people with religious Morally. differences had a right to say, "I don't want to take it." Well, they still and have the that. They still have that right. They can. But they you, can. You not made this take point it. yourself with your friend who said, and it was brilliantly put. And, and you may, if you want to expand on this for me, yeah. that would be great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But who said that? It's an act of violence. It is. Well, well so is the MMR shot. The shot. Yes, though. it is. Is there a difference? Yeah, of course there's a difference. And you have a right to opt out of the MMR too. You did have a right to opt out of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with legitimate reasons. Now people are just not doing it because, you know, they're, they're, I, the motivation is significantly different and it's been politicized, which is insane. But my point is that that's how things happen in a free society. In a free society, there are risks. And part of the risk is that the guy next to you is dumb enough to not get vaccinated against something that will, that may kill him. Or well, her. if I may, just as an aside, I have to say, I've been thinking a lot about this. You know, I, I come from the most, like a city that once blamed, um, blamed itself, that once, uh, you know, bragged about being the most average city in the world, uh, in Dayton, Ohio, and certainly the most average city in America for a long time. It had average demographics, average size. Um, we used to get uh, Procter & Gamble used to leave uh, sample products for experimental new products uh, in our mailboxes. And, uh, you know, so like it was one of those like test marketing places. So I think I kind of know what's going wrong here. Uh, you know, the, the, the government and the media are not talking correctly to people who are vax resistant. I mean, the American people are not the smartest people, but they're not as dumb as the, uh, you know, as, the, as, as the, the way that they're being treated here. I mean, I think a lot of times, and I've personally convinced vaccine hesitant people to get vaxxed, um, people think, well, this was a rush job. This technology was new and this makes me nervous. You know, we heard all this stuff at the beginning of the pandemic. It'll take five to 10 years to get a vaccine. Wait, now we have one in nine months. Uh, you know, what's with that? That sounds sketchy. Okay. So the other, okay. So now we're looking at two other issues. I mean, this opens up the whole vax mandate opens up a whole myriad of, of, of questions here. First of all, will the courts sign off on it? I don't, I can't see how they can. And the second aspect of the, of, of the mandate, which is deeply disturbing to me and should be to you and should be to every American is that it just empowers a growing imperial presidency that we've been going through like what now 20 years of executive executive orders right the executive orders are just I mean, they're, they're taking more and more weight and taking more away power away from the legislature more and more power away from the checks and balances this ted this scares the shit out of me i don't mind telling you well for, for, for the for the record it, this was not an executive order right this was um a man that it was it was uh, done through osha Right. Yeah, which is well, I'm okay. told the so and and so probably, you know, uh, the um, this probably will withstand a court challenge because I of think that. So? 
Yeah, because OSHA has very has broad has has sweeping powers to uh, to enforce workplace safety rules, and the idea is uh, people who are not vaccinated are endangering their coworkers. It's much the way that the anti-smoking law came to pass in New York City. Um, people for, don't know this, but uh, when Bloomberg pushed it through, it was done as a way to protect workers in restaurants and bars. Uh, you know. Okay. But I guess what I'm saying is it's just the growing power of the executive branch. And this, I mean, to me, again, that flies in the face of the framers of the Constitution, of the intent of the office in its construct. I, I, I just, this terrifies me. I mean, you know, that's, that was the thing about, you know, what's weird and laughable to me is, is when Trump was in power, everyone is like, oh, he's a fascist. He wants to expand the power of the presidency. He thinks he's a king. And also the same party that says my body, my choice is the same party that's in the same administration <laughs> that is like saying, oh, and by the way, we can put drugs into your body. At, at No, uh, I mean, it is a concern. I mean, what's major. frustrating, what's frustrating to me is I feel like we're sort of tantalizingly close, right? I mean, uh, in many parts of the country, including where I live, about 70% of the population is vaccinated. Um, you know, you know, if we tip over to say 80 or 85, we can get to herd immunity. We don't need everybody, but we do need the vast majority of people and to do this. And I do feel like we're not talking to people right. We should be able to say, look, your concerns are legit. Um, this is this seems new, but MN here's how mRNA uh, technology works. It's not new. It's been around for 20 years. We kind of didn't really know what to do with it, but miraculously we had this uh, pre-existing, well-researched, uh, tested technology that we're going to be able to use not just for COVID, but for a, a whole host of other things. And uh, we were able to plug and play. Um, we instead, all the messaging I hear is uh, public service announcements that say the vaccine is safe and effective go and get one. And I'm sorry, that doesn't cut it for anybody who's on the fence. Right. No, I couldn't agree more. And I think and messaging has always been a problem with this. I mean, you, how many people have you heard, not very smart people, let's be clear, who have said, well, you know, first they say, wear or don't wear a mask. Then they say, wear a mask. Then they say, don't wear a mask. I mean, make up their minds. It's the same thing they say about, you know, we discover that you know, broccoli is good for you or it causes cancer or whatever. Science is, is fluid. We learn new things. Scott, this wasn't science, right? I mean, Fauci literally lied at the beginning of this where he said, uh, you know, ordinary people don't need masks. They don't need them. And the, he said that because he was trying yes, to yeah, get yeah. people not to buy them so that there would be enough, enough for first responders instead of appealing to our, our better angels and saying, listen, um, we got to pull together as a country. We've got a major crisis. You know, you don't go, you know, you don't go uh, buy fire hoses uh, when, from, and take them away from the fire department just because you want to like get more water to your plants, right? Um, they, you know, we, <laughs> it's like we should have definitely, terrible metaphor, not terrible. But anyway. Um, oh, I spoke you know, like a, a true editorial cartoonist. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you just don't do that. I mean, it's like, and I think, you know, people know when they're lied to. And man, this was at the very early stages of the pandemic. And once it was established that the, the top spokesman for the administration, uh, for both administrations, Trump and now Biden, was a liar. I mean, I'm sorry, you're never going to get that credibility back ever. No, once you're lied to and once once you, you know, I mean, that's how many people in your lives have you been lied to by and they're like G-O-N-E out of your life or 
if they're not out of your life, at least they don't, you know, you don't trust them. Um, with Fauci, we didn't know at the time that he was lying, but now we do. And I, that, that was there's no good, there's no going back to that. I mean, I believe most of what he says now, but it doesn't matter. I, I understand why other people don't. But the communication too, and we, let's face it, when the, when the, uh, when the, um, when the, uh, the virus first started to hit America, the leadership from the White House was, oh, how can we put this? Wanting. Yeah. <laughs> it was really- well, it was really peculiar because Trump, I mean, we've talked about this before, but Trump um, literally, uh, you know, he put, it's his biggest accomplishment was Operation Warp Speed. He could have run on that and won, um, but he ran away from it. So he well, simultaneously because- pushed through this incredible, miraculous drug. Yeah. And then uh, refused to wear masks and politicized it and basically questioned the vaccine. Like what? Well, he got he was in an event down here in Alabama and he uh, recently within the last few weeks and actually said, get vaccinated. And the crowd booed him. It's so bizarre. I mean, you know, he was all over the place. I, I to this day, I, I mean, I'm not even talking about the ethics or I, I just wonder about the personal politics of it all. Like, you know, for his own political career, why did he do that? I don't get it. I don't get it either, only because, you know, the most vulnerable people are obviously older people. What large number of Americans voted for Donald Trump? Older people. So, yeah, yeah it just seemed like not it wasn't self-serving at all. It was bizarre. OK, so so so, so you're against the mandate. So, I mean, so what would you what yeah. would you suggest as an alternative? Well, I think what you said that, the, um, you know, the community changing the communication to um we were listening to a podcast. We were, we drove to hell and back recently and we, and we were watching, we were listening to a podcast and one of them was what happened? How did the QAnon thing happen? Where do those people come from? Where, how do people believe this, you know, this bullshit. And one of the episodes was talking about how do you convince people who are against getting the vaccine? How do you convince them to, to get it? And one of them was uh, the most, they had people speak to them. They, they had, um, they showed them charts. None of that was effective until Chris Christie spoke to them. Oh, right. He said, listen, and he said, listen I had COVID. Uh, it was terrible. It almost took my life. Uh, get yourself vaccinated. The vaccine is, you know, that was effective. That's the only thing that changed minds in this group. So it was so the personal, it was the personal testimonial. It was exactly what you just said earlier, which is, you know, address their fears, address their concerns. Yeah, don't brush them off. Like you can't tell people you're a fucking idiot. And it's you know? and it's not just which is what which off. is what people have been doing. We've yes. I mean, everyone I know is literally like, fuck them. They're stupid. They don't deserve any consideration, which would all be fine, but we need them. Yeah, I know. I'm, I look at what I did at the top of the podcast. I said virtually this is what you just said, which is I'm, I, I have no respect for people who haven't gotten the vaccine. I think you're in more. The other thing is the mask. I had a conversation with a friend yesterday, Ted, yesterday, yesterday, 24 hours ago about the mask. And they said, well, I don't you know, I don't really I, you know, I, I don't care if I get sick. Now you'll but, care. Well, a you will. Well, the that's calculus the, is that maybe is a little different. But that's not I mean, some people wearing- don't. Some people don't think, yeah, I know, you know, we wear it for other people. You wear it for other people. It's just being polite. Yeah. It's also like, it's also like, let's just stipulate for the sake of argument that we're in a, you know, that, that COVID is just a giant, a case of national hysteria, which you and I both know is not true. Um, If, even if that were true, um, you know, it might to get 
by not be that hard to just wear a mask and make everyone feel better. But when I was talking to this, person, although it said, might be stupid, it's a big deal. Know. You wear it for five minutes. He goes, five minutes. Where are you going? I go, the store. What do you, I mean, what are you spending two hours in the grocery yeah, don't store? Wear it, don't wear it in your car. Like I see people do that, which is oh my God. I, stupid I, I think, and dangerous, you know, by the way. The only thing I can figure about people who drive with the mask is that they just forgot to take it off. You know, I don't even know how that's possible. I'm aware every second I'm wearing that thing. Well, because you have asthma. So it affects your, you know, you, you have a medical reason to, to, for it to bother you. I, you know, I just, for me, some I, people, some people said that like they were tying them on and, and like, were worried that they couldn't get them back on well or properly or whatever, but people don't on. really, almost nobody wears them like a surgeon. Right. I mean, nobody does that. Oh, it, well, I also, there's you, gaps. I mean, how, I'm going to like Home Depot or going to the grocery store or going to, and you're seeing these guys and, the, and these are employees who are wearing the mask like halfway across their mouth. Maybe. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's totally like, off their nose. Yeah. You realize that does absolutely positively nothing if you wear it like that. Right, dude. And I just well, like, it, might, it might improve your looks depending on. Well, I have, I've like. said that to one person and I was at a coffee shop and the, the guy working there was had it down under his nose. I said, and I said that, I said, you realize that, if it doesn't cover your nose, it doesn't work. <laughs> That's not a controversial statement or ought not to be. Oh, it was. It was. I mean, he just kind of, he, he pulled it up and then 30 seconds later, he it pulled it back down. Was fell down. Like, yeah. Dick. Well, so, well, so yeah. So basically uh, takeaway is we need, I mean, we do, we do really need better messaging. I mean, uh, right. People, I mean, this is always true. Whenever you have to deal with, you know, you need to motivate hundreds of millions of people. You have to learn, you know, you have to speak their language. And it's like, you know, we're, there's just, we're so polarized culturally as well as politically that we're just not seemingly able to or willing to do that. Right. And my first reaction to that was I thought Barack Obama had the right idea. He was uh, articulated his ideas well, and he wasn't afraid to articulate them to, you know, people like me, you know, uh, conservatives. Mm. And I thought that if you keep doing that, if you just keep addressing that crowd, that they're, they, they may not actually embrace you, but at least they'll respect you and kind of and consider what you're saying seriously. The exact opposite happened during those eight years. I mean, well, that's true. Just, that's true. And I'm, I'm part of that may have been racist. Part of that may have been. May you have think been just, maybe a little. <laughs> um, <peu. laughs> um, so self, messaging yes. and self-serving. <laughs> yes. I think you have the new story in front of it. You, Ted. You, 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 so, you, yeah. So um, the Met, the Metropolitan Museum of Art throws a fancy gala uh, ball every year where there's a which uh, the center of which, piece of which is a uh, pretentious fashion show with a theme. This year's uh, theme for the this $35,000 per ticket fundraiser for the Metropolitan Museum of Art uh, was a uh, was patriotism and uh, the uh, and nationalism. And so uh, representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez aka AOC um, was uh, was in, got somehow scored a free ticket uh, so uh, she she showed up and she had a uh, dress uh, made by designer that loudly said eat uh, not eat the rich I want to say eat the rich but it said tax the rich um, yeah. much the same it kind of reminded me immediately of uh, Ivanka Trump's uh, famous I don't care uh, jacket 
Um, and, or was it, I really don't care. I don't remember. I think it was, I really don't care. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, so there's been a lot of, of discussion about this on the left and the right. I mean, the right discussion, I think is kind of predictable. They don't like anything AOC does. So they're just going to beat her up. Um, I thought the progressive critique was more interesting. I just literally just drew a cartoon about it. Uh, today, uh, oh, really? which, which basically okay. will I, I will run later this week. But uh, I was thinking about you know the fact that it's problematic for those of us on the left to encourage more taxation on the rich in a vacuum because you know what is what are the taxes going to what are they going to fifty four percent of it goes to defense spending um, and we're not arguing with the we're not fighting those priorities. All we're doing is we're arguing to finance them more equitably. Um, you know, so I don't want uh, Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos to pay more taxes in order to buy more drones in order to kill more Afghans. I want them to pay more taxes to build affordable housing and provide socialized medicine and free college tuition for all Americans. So like it's, it just seems a little peculiar and perverse uh, to to have the the message, and you know you could say, well, you can do you can walk and shoot gum at the same time, but Democrats aren't doing that, and I don't think they know how to do that. They're just these days their push because infrastructure seems to be fizzling out is just like on the new tax proposal to increase taxes on the wealthy and on corporations, and and they're just sort of leaving it at that while leaving the budgetary priorities the same. Well, I mean, I can say as a fiscal conservative, um, you know, I just uh, the, the, the federal budget over the last 20 years has been out of control and to the point now where we're what, 29 trillion in debt or somewhere in that area. It's just going to get worse. But just when I think you're going to zig, you zag, Rawl, I swear to God, it's like, you know, just when I think we're going to be having an argument about taxing the rich and tax levels, um, there's something that um, libertarian circles have been pushing for decades and has gone absolutely nowhere. And people love the idea, which is tax choice. That is when you file your taxes, you can say, you know what? I want, um, you know, a, a 20% to go to defense. I want 30% to go. I mean, it can be something fairly straightforward. Or like you, you can say, I want 100% of this to go towards healthcare. Or I want, uh, you know, 50% to go to education and 100% and 50%, not 100%, because I'm an American, not so publicly educated, <laughs> not so good at math. Um but another 50%, what I'm saying is that you'd have a really basic table of where you want your money to go. And I would suspect that, you know, and then those, or could you imagine, you'd actually probably have advertising. Do you care oh, about, yeah. if you oh, care yeah. about, do you care about soy subsidies? Then please check box B on your tax returns. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> totally what choice. would happen. Isn't that the best, simplest way to, to address the issue you just raised? You know, I would be fascinated to see if anyone's ever polled or done at least uh, significantly, um, uh, statistically significant uh, focus grouping on what the results would be. I'm going to bet that there would be very few people, even on the far right, who would want 54% of their federal tax dollars to go to the military. Um, yeah, I, I, I think most people would be shocked if they knew that that was the number. And how cool would it be that these that the 
bureaucracy would have to like legitimize themselves and say, hey, listen, I mean, one of the most shocking things, I forget who was showing us pictures yesterday. They were in Washington, D.C. And for me, one of the most transformative moments of my life, and this is going to sound very weird, but we were driving around and we went down this one street and you're literally in a canyon of these like, you know, <laughs> communist era block buildings on either side of you with a little federalist twist to them. I go, and then it goes on for like two blocks, both sides. And I'm looking at my friend who lived in, who was driving me around. I said, what is this? And he said, oh, the, the, that's the Department of Agriculture. I go, what's on the other side? He goes, that's the Department of Agriculture. <laughs> Are those tractor factories? What the hell? I mean, these buildings were huge. And for me, it literally in concrete <laughs> showed me what bureaucracy run amok and how a constituency that is powerful and that is listened to in DC can usurp freedoms, can usurp the, and take over the government. This was shocking, Ted. And so are you saying that the department of agriculture is, is crushing our personal freedoms and spying on us at this time? I'm saying it's what's, that's certainly part of it, isn't it? I mean, look at that. I mean, we're looking at spying now, right? We're talking about that and, um, and, and domestic spying. Yeah, and but you, the Department of Agriculture, I mean, what are they doing? They're, they're regulating uh, food products and arguably, you know, trying to keep us from dying from food poisoning. Well, and mostly mostly farm subsidies, farm controls. Yeah, farm, that's true. Something that also plays into the hands of, you know, why we have ethanol. And agriculture has a big role in the energy business, too, which most well, people I, don't know about. Yeah. Just mentioned ethanol, which is the dumbest damn idea. I mean, it's, it's on paper. It seems like, yeah, let's see if we can turn corn into fuel. We can. And that's good. For and us we're literally more. growing corn to turn into fuel, which literally takes 10 times more energy to turn into fuel than the fuel right it's really no it's really dumb it's really dumb and so how many i mean i know that a lot of places in arizona when we live there and, and other states that have ethanol in their gasoline 10 percent or whatever the number is and because and it's a it's a it's a it's a kowtow to the to the agriculture and to the to the corn growers i mean i just drove five bazillion miles across this country and my god we grow a lot of corn Holy shit. We drove we from do. Alabama to Wisconsin, from Wisconsin to Ohio, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania to um, Washington. Everyone grows shit tons of corn. I just came back from France. Uh, they grow a shit fuck ton of corn. Uh, Russia grows a shit ton fuck of corn. Do they now? I thought there was mostly wheat there. Yeah, that's true. Um, but they do grow a lot of corn. Now, is that why French people, you came back and said that they're fat now, which is shocking? Yeah, it's weird. They were famously thin and lithe. Um, but yeah, they they look positively uh, suburban Midwestern Malian now. Um, it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, very sad, actually. It was weird. The first time I went to France 20 plus 20 odd years ago or 15 years ago. I mean, yeah, you're right. Everyone was lithe. And then you come back to the United States and we're all these big moving buckets but, of beef. Although, you know? you know, what's still, you know parenthetically what is still the the the, the uh it, it's there's still a difference i mean you know the french are also shorter than we are but i went shopping at the galerie lafayette the big department store in paris and they have a giant uh, men's section which is kind of nice and i couldn't find any clothes that fit um everything was way too small and the ones that were like i'm six two and the ones that were kind of i could get into presumed a different shape, like sort of like a big Gaelic belly that I don't have. So 
uh, you know, but but I but I was I found a tag that sort of uh, sort of elucidated all. It said French XXL, and then I flipped it over and it said U.S. Medium. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. Well, speaking of clothing, AOC wore that dress. <laughs> yes, she, she did. She did. So, yeah. So am I? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what what do we think about that? I mean, you know, is it a dumb fucking stunt? I mean, or is it a smart it fucking stunt? I think it's unworthy of a Congress Congress member of Congress, frankly. But that 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 I don't think that. she should have gone. You know, I just don't think I, just, I think if you go, you, you act appropriately, but you shouldn't go. It's like she's a progressive. Like I wouldn't have gone. I would have been like that whole idea of a fundraiser that's thirty five thousand um, dollars, you know, for a museum, which, by the way, museums should all be public and sub and paid for by tax dollars. But and free and free like they are in Europe. And uh, well, they're close like to the free. Smithsonian. The Smithsonian. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the Met, the Met shouldn't be shilling for cash, but I mean. It's it's distasteful, you know, I mean, and she probably would have made a bigger statement by refusing to attend, you know, kind of like when Sartre refused the Nobel Prize. Um, you know, you remember that more than the people who won it. You remember George C. Scott, remember sending the uh, Native American up to not accept the award. Yes. And also Julie Andrews. Remember, she refused to oh. she, she said that her she refused the Oscar because uh, her cat fellow cast members in Victor Victoria were snubbed. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So was this a, it's, of course it was a stunt by AOC. I mean, I, I'm going to take a time out. We take a lot of timeouts in this podcast, but I'm going to take a time out and say, but this is on point. Um, I actually respect, respect her because the Republican party has made her the target. Right. I mean, you know, every conservative talk radio talks about her, sneers at her, talks about her. She's a uh, and, and they lie about her, too. Well, do they? We'll, we'll get into that in a second. But I'm going to say that I respect her, that she has positioned herself to be a lightning rod and is playing that role. And that role has to be very difficult because everything you do, everything you say, first off, you're also pissing off a group of people who you know like guns a lot. True. Uh, she is. So, she's handling it. She does handle herself pretty well. She kind of has a devil may care, uh, you know, whatever you guys do what you want. You guys don't like me, whatever. Ask me if I care. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, look, I, I'm going to have to go back to policy. My major brief is that she's part of an experiment along with her fellow squad members uh, as to whether it's possible to change the system from the inside. Spoiler alert. It's not. Uh, it's you can't. The system is going to be is eating them up, and uh, and she's becoming pelosified, uh, and and that's inevitable. If she wants to, uh, if she wants to play ball, she's going to have to play by their rules because it's their game. Yeah, yeah, and she seems to be like you said. She seem, does seem to be slowly kind of forming to. Well, if I. If I play the game, I can I can I can gain greater power. With greater power, I'll be able to change the system from yeah, the inside. bullshit. Yeah, it doesn't happen that it's way. It's like it's know. like well, look, and even the tax the rich um, dress is an example of that because literally this week is when the Democrats announced their new tax plan. So she timed her dress as part of the messaging to the Democrats. 
legislative agenda rather than setting her own agenda and talking about things that she cared about in the text of her dress. Mm. Now, how, now you see, you said that the the right is lying about her. How? Or- well, they say you know. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to. Um, you know, engage in the Streisand effect kind of things. But they kind of impugn her personal morality and uh, her education, her work background as a you know. Oh, she was just a bartender. You know, like that stuff's you know not really true. And um, you know, she's she's obviously like a, a, an, a she's an intelligent. Um, very intelligent, very articulate uh, young woman with a lot of potential. Uh, it's kind of sad to see that potential squandered inside the Democratic Party, but whatever. Okay, so don't wear dresses that have words on them. That's, our, that's, <laughs> that's our actually kind that's of a good fashion. rule. That's our fashion tip to everybody. Yes. All right. Well, I guess I, I'll take us out unless uh, we have you have anything else you'd like to add, Scott? No, I, I mean, you, other than you can find my work at uh, gocomics.com. Uh, slash Scott Stantis or gocomics.com slash prickly city, which is my comic strip. Um, you can also go to importantly counterpoint, which is a startup with a bunch of some of the best cartoonists in the country, two of them right here. So um, yeah, do yourself a big fat favor and check out my stuff. Ted, what, 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 what about you? Where do we go to see Ted full frontal Ted, all things, Ted at raw.com R a L L.com. You can also go to counterpoint and uh, on Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else. And then you can also uh, check me out at whowhatwhy.org. My cartoon runs on Saturdays and at sputniknews.com on Tuesdays and Thursdays most weeks. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, This is uh, the DMZ America podcast with Scott Stantis and Ted Rall. We'll talk to you again soon.